It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 220, Daniel's Vision of the Ram and Goat. Two years after Daniel's last dream that he had of the four beasts, he has another encounter. This one speaks of the second and the third empires, Persia and Greece, and Alexander the Great and his followers. Daniel 8. In the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, I, Daniel, had a vision after the one that had already appeared to me. In my vision, I saw myself in the citadel of Susa in the province of Elab. In the vision, I was beside the Ulai Canal. I looked up, and there before me was a ram with two horns, standing beside the canal. And the horns were long, and one of the horns was longer than the other, but grew up later. I watched the ram as it charged towards the west and the north and the south. No animal could stand against it, and no one could rescue it from its power. It did as it pleased and became great. The ram is the Persian Empire under Cyrus, eventually under Darius and Xerxes and other leaders. The two horns, Media and Persia. The result is the spreading of Persian influence throughout the world and recognize the directions too. It was west, north, and south. This is the areas where uh, Persia expanded upon where it started. Daniel 8, 5. As I was looking about this, suddenly a goat with a prominent horn between its eyes came from the west, crossing the whole earth without touching the ground. It came toward the two-horned ram I had seen standing beside the canal and charged at it in great rage. I saw it attack the ram furiously, striking the ram and shattering its two horns. The ram was powerless to stand against it. The goat knocked it to the ground and trampled on it, and none could escape the ram from its power. The goat became very great, but at the height of its power, the large horn was broken off, and in its place four prominent horns grew up towards the four winds of heaven. The goat is Greece. We had a leopard once referring to Greece. Now we have a a goat. The large horn is one man, a principality unto himself. The Menza genius, egomaniac, destined world conqueror, battlefield genius, and legendary hero and destroyer of the world order, Alexander the Great. At the height of pride and egomania, he dies. The four horns will be the powers that come after him, breaking apart the empire he conquered like a gingham of risk. The result, the spreading of the Greek influence throughout the world. Now, just like the previous vision, We get to another parallel kingship in an end-time scenario. Instead of sending the two toes or the ten horns, now we have the four horns or the four riders of the apocalypse in parallel. So let's cover more on end times. For you end times junkies, as we dive into Revelation, remember that Revelation is God's one million piece puzzle. You're not supposed to figure it out until afterward. In fact, no one's going to have it figured out. Afterward, they'll say, oh, this is how it all fit together. But uh, I don't see anyone knowing truly how this works. And and regarding the 
the, one of the pivotal events, the rapture, no one knows the time of the hour. God lays the centerpiece and the outside pieces, and then you can try to fit the others into place. You'll only know afterward. And that's how it works. You'll learn and study every piece, but how and when it all fits together, this is for the master designer to fulfill. Eschatology 101. Here's the major events. God must judge the earth. He does this with three major series of judgments. The seal judgments, bowl judgments, trumpet judgments. And in this time period, the earth is completely upended. In the judgments, an an unheard of amount of life is lost. And during this time period, evil prospers at levels we have never seen before. The main event of the end times is the rapture. When the dead and living believers are harpazoed or raptured up into heaven. And when this occurs, which when it does occur, um, this has been a debate for Bible scholars all through history. Some say it starts at, at the very end. Some say it occurs in the middle or some early in the process of the, uh, the time period of the end. What we do know is that when this occurs, there's a vacuum in the earth which the last world leader fills. He'll be called the Antichrist. And of all the talk about the ten ten kings, these will be the ten regions that submit to him and his power. Now, he'll probably truly have power over three of them and then have a controlling influence over the other seven. There is also a setting aside of the Jewish remnant of believers and the two witnesses. And the final event is when Jesus himself comes down on a white horse and defeats the armies of the Antichrist and throws them in the lake of fire. There's the new Jerusalem and the millennium reign and the restoration of all things. And that's just in a ridiculously simple form. The order on how it will be is God's mystery. Daniel 8, 9. Out of one of them came another horn. And this is the goat. We're, back, we're continuing on the vision of the goat. And the prominent one dies. This is Alexander the Great. And then there's four horns. And out of one of them came another horn, which started small but grew in power to the south and to the east and towards the beautiful land. It grew until it reached the host of the heavens, and it threw some of the starry hosts down to the earth and trampled on them. It set himself up to be as great as the commander of the army of the Lord. Because of the rebellion, the Lord's people and the daily sacrifice were given over to it. It prospered in everything it did, and truth was thrown to the ground. So let's cover the four riders of the apocalypse. The four riders are war, pestilence, famine, and death. These riders are in the first set of judgments, the the sealed judgments. The judgments are a horrible time. And this comes from Revelation 6, 1 through 8. And in the midst of this time, the Holy Land is taken over by the Antichrist. And we, we have another parallel prophecy fulfillment here, because there'll be another character introduced after the time of Alexander the Great. And he'll represent the Antichrist. So as Daniel has this vision of the ram, one horn gets broken off, another one rises in prominence. This is actually speaking to a historical character though it's paralleling the end of the age. And this character will represent the Antichrist. And let's be clear, there will be many Antichrists through history, but there will only be one true Antichrist at the end, though. 
And the one at the end will basically be the worst man in world history. And he'll, we can presume he's possessed by the devil himself. And this man being introduced by prophecy will be a man who represents the Antichrist in many ways. And more detail will come at the end of the book of Daniel. But that this time of desecration that it speaks to, I mean, Daniel 8, this time of desecration of the Holy Temple will come around 175 B.C. And his name will be Antichius Epiphanes. And he will symbolically, potentially possessed by the devil himself again, the ant- he'll represent the Antichrist at the end as well, because he's going to actually seize Jerusalem. He's going to take over the temple of God, which is going to be rebuilt one day. And in it, he's going to like sacrifice pigs and do horrible things on the altar, desecrating the temple. So we'll stop right here talking about Antichius Epiphanes. Uh, but there's going to be even more at the end of the book of Daniel. Um, in fact, if you look at the last book of the Old Testament, uh, Malachi, it's around 490 B.C. And then it, when you fast forward to the New Testament, you know, we're talking just before, you know, 1 A.D., there's this, you know, quiet period of biblical history but Daniel 10 through 12 actually gives us um, a lot of the actions and the people involved. Um, so we'll actually be able to slide the biblical prophecy within the history timeline to fill in some of these gaps. Daniel 8:13. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and the holy one said to him, How long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? The vision concerning the daily sacrifice, the rebellion that causes desolation, the surrender of the sanctuary, and the trampling underfoot of the Lord's people. He said it will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the sanctuary will be re-consecrated. This relates to the dominant power of Antichius Epiphanes over Israel. We won't cover much more about him at this point, but yet again we have God speaking over history from the perspective above it. Next, check out the interpretation. Daniel 8, 15. While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there before me stood one like a man. And I heard a man's voice from the Ulai Canal calling, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. Then he came near the place where I was standing, and I was terrified and fell prostrate. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision concerns the time and the end. And while he was speaking to me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me and raised me to my feet. He said, I'm going to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath, because the vision concerns the appointed time in the end. The two-horned ram, you see, represents the kings of Media and Persia. The shaggy goat is the king of Greece, and the large horn between its eyes is the first king. The four horns that replace the one that was broken off represent the four kingdoms that will emerge from this nation, but will not have the same power. In case if we ever doubt the goat and the leopard being Greece, we have Gabriel himself defining the symbolism. Recognize how Gabriel is named here. Gabriel the archangel, one of three angels in the entire Bible given names. Gabriel the messenger, Michael the protector of Israel, Lucifer the following one. These three are termed in history as the archangels because they are the only ones in the King James Bible with names. Another thing to mention is something I heard a while back. Forgot who taught it, but prior to the time of Daniel, the angels, the, the Bible never gives them names because their identity was not given to man until the Jews were healed of their idolatry in Babylon. 
All right, back to the account. Daniel 8, 23. In the later part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, a fierce-looking man, a master of intrigue, will arise. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper, and he will consider himself superior. And when they feel secure, he will destroy many and take his stand against the prince of princes. Yet he will be destroyed, but not by human hands. Antichrist will be defeated, and soon after will have the arrival in the world scene of the Maccabeans and the origination of Hanukkah. Daniel 8.26 The vision of the evenings and mornings has been given to you as true, but seal up the vision, for it concerns the distant future. I, Daniel, was worn out. I lay exhausted for several days. Then I got up and went about the king's business. I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond understanding. Notice how Daniel was appalled by the vision, and I like his last lines of his vision. It was beyond understanding. Daniel the Revelator encountered God so often and with such visual power that he was often appalled by his visions, and he found himself beyond understanding. Imagine having the encounters and being trusted with world empires or the current state of the United Nations or with the secrets of nations. To be entrusted with the future of history, to deliver God's omniscience and omnipotence to future generations. Would you be appalled? I would. Because our God is beyond understanding. His ways stretch beyond our galaxy. His names are innumerable and His power is unmeasurable and His vision is beyond understanding. The Apostle Paul encountered God and visited heaven, 2 Corinthians 12, 2. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. Paul heard inexpressible things, things no one is permitted to tell. Daniel was appalled and beyond understanding. It is the peace of God that is beyond understanding. It is the love of God which is everlasting. Joy is our strength. Paul heard inexpressible things. Daniel was appalled and beyond understanding. These encounters are life-changing and alter our makeup and fabric of our being. Daniel was never the same after these encounters. Paul was transformed again and again. May we as lovers of Christ and students of his word encounter him more and more. God, if you're no respecter of persons, as stated in Acts 10, and all your promises are yes and amen, according to 2 Corinthians 1, then why can't I? Why can't the listeners come and see and know you in a real, more intimate way and see and hear inexpressible things and encounter your peace beyond understanding and the encounter the sheer presence of heaven? Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com. Share the Facebook page or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.